Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. Hey, here we are. It's in the second week of Advent. Can't you, can you believe it? How quickly this all goes by because it's, well, we're halfway through the second week and then we just have another week and a half and then it's Christmas. So it's a short Advent. We want to make the best use of it we can. Today on Sound Insight, it's the Feast of St. Lucy. I am going to talk about being light. I'm going to reference the Sunday, the second reading from Sunday, uh, Sunday's Mass, which is from uh, one of the letters of Peter. And, and then I'm going to talk about quotes from St. John of the Cross. Back in a minute. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. It is great to be with you. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father in heaven, I thank you for the gift of today. I thank you for the gift of our call to be light. As to the intercession of St. Lucy, that we would recognize and, and honor that call to be light in our own way, that we would be a source of light to others who are searching, who are in the dark. I pray, Lord, that we would seek you who are the light. I pray that we would seek to honor um, you as the one who is um, infinite, infinitely light and perfect in holiness. And uh, and Lord, help us to prepare for your coming. Help us to honor this these days of Advent and acknowledge that you are coming. And we thank you for that, Lord. We also thank you for the gift of St. John of the Cross. We ask, Lord, uh, on this day before his feast day, I pray, Jesus, that we would pursue you in prayer. We would seek after you in prayer. We would strive with more urgency and energy and might to walk in the spiritual life, to deepen our own life of prayer. Jesus, please give us that gift. Grant us that grace. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Did you notice the detail at the end of the gospel on Sunday where John the Baptist was calling for repentance and people came out to him and he said, look, uh, there's one greater than I. Uh, I baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit in fire. This whole baptism with the Holy Spirit, it points to the radical difference that enters our lives through baptism. When we're baptized, when we are immersed in water, when we have the experience of sacramentally baptism, not just a ritual that merely, okay, hear this, not only does it wipe away original sin, and for those who have reached the age, age of reason, you know, those who are baptized as uh, children, not little children, but 
uh, you know, say at least seven years old and, and older, also wiping away personal sins. No, it's about a radical recreation, an elevated new creation where we share in God's own life. There's something fundamentally different about the baptized that ought to show up. There ought to be a difference between those who are baptized and those who are not. Those who are baptized have within them divine life, the life of God, divine life, divinity. And that elevated status by which we are no longer merely creatures of God, but children of God, children of the Father, that we find our place in the Son. We share in that position, in that status of God's only Son. We are sons and daughters in the Son. That's, so we are members of the body of Christ. Jesus is the head. We are members of his body. We are incorporated in, in, in the body, incorporated into Christ. And his Holy Spirit dwells in us. And so that Holy Spirit dwelling in us is like a fire, fire that will cleanse, a fire that will stir passion, yearn, uh, a sense of urgency, a sense of desire to love the Father and to make him better known and loved and served in this world. We will have a passionate desire to honor Jesus, the only Son of God, as our Lord and our Savior. All of these, all of these realities, these, are, these aren't just, just ideas. These are realities that ought to be awake in us. They ought to be something that leads to fervor in us. They ought to be a preoccupying concern to us. And sadly, sadly, there's a way in which we go about our daily lives as if the truth of our own baptism isn't all that important, isn't all that big of a deal. And for me, that is, that is one of the, it's more than just a sadness. You know, it's, it's frankly just a bit of a, a tragedy. So. If you just walk with me through this, today's the feast of St. Lucy. St. Lucy was a virgin and martyr from the early church in a time of persecution, like the fourth century. And he was born in a, in a wealthy family. Her father died. Her mom uh, did, did not have a fervent faith until she was sick. She experienced a hemorrhage. She was not uh, experiencing a, a path to healing. She was desperate. And, and as this calamity had reached her life, she, in that desperate state of not having the ability to overcome her condition, despite her wealth, despite her position, despite her status, she went and sought out intercession of another virgin and, and martyr, St. Agatha. And she went to the place of... of her relics where she where her body was buried, and she experienced the healing. And Lucy was with her. 
St. Lucy was with her. And, and when her mom experienced this healing, she changed. She changed in a way that opened her to all of a sudden become generous with regards to her possessions, her wealth. St. Lucy had desired to be all in for God. She had already dedicated her life to a, uh, a complete uh, call to virginity and wanted to fulfill that. That was her desire, to, to give away everything and to live for the Lord. Unfortunately, her mom, before she experienced her conversion, had created this espousal. She wasn't yet married, but uh, the betrothed was not happy with this idea that Lucy had of giving away her wealth. And this ended up leading to her uh, being identified as a Christian and then ultimately being martyred. But the, the, the lesson to take here is that Lucy, uh, Luce, light, lux, light, she felt this desire, this passionate concern to be totally focused on the Lord, the one who is God from God, light from light, true God from true God. And as she turned her eyes and gazed upon the one who is perfect, infinite light, she herself became light. And that light, when it shines into the darkness, it's very convicting. It's very convicting, right? If you go into a, a dark room, like I'm waking up my daughter every morning, almost every morning, hey, time to get up. And the, what's, the, what's the worst thing I can do as a means of waking her up? Turn on that light. If I turn on the big, bright bedroom light, cut it off, turn it off, right? You know that. That Those that are in the dark, comfortably in the dark, do not like a bright, piercing light. It, it's shocking. It's exposing. It's, it's revealing. And that's our call. Our call is to live lives that are indica indicative, indicate that point to the difference, the difference that it makes being a Catholic Christian disciple of Jesus Christ who's been baptized and experience that power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We will be, uh, we will have capabilities, we'll have a capacity to live in a certain way in this world that just doesn't make sense. It will be prophetic, and it will be something that will challenge, that will sear the conscience, that will convict those who are in the dark. Think about the violent responses that come against peaceful, praying, protesters on sidewalks in front of abortion clinics. If you've ever done that, peacefully praying and standing there as a witness to the life of the unborn child whose life is at risk of being destroyed and being there, being present and being available to talk to the women who are so often in desperate circumstances and who don't want to end their child's life. They don't want to end their pregnancy, but they don't feel like they have any choice. Did you hear what I just said? 
they don't feel like they have any choice. And so they go and get an abortion and end up destroying the child within them, which they later so often deeply regret and mourn and end up leading often to tremendous suffering and other damaging effects. So standing as a witness for life, being that kind of light in a dark place, literally a dark space, to women who are confused, that can lead to glorious rescues of children's lives. But it can also lead to confrontations, conflicts, nastiness on the part of those who become convicted by the peaceful, prayerful protest that says, there's a baby, there's a life. Let's rescue and save these innocent babies' lives. There's a path forward for you that's different. And we can just extend that into other, other areas, other, other areas of morality, right? Uh, one that just seems to take such center, cha- uh, center stage these days is the transgender ideology, which is just demonic. It's, it's, it's horrific. The way that it leads to this devastation of these poor, broken, so often just broken, wounded souls who are longing to belong and, and to, to feel a, a deep sense of goodness about themselves and of themselves and their own sense of identity and sexual identity. And in that confusion, they are just shepherded down a dark, evil path so often leads to just further brokenness and destruction. We are called upon to be light, called upon to be a St. Lucy. And being a St. Lucy, to be light to these dear, precious souls, to say, we love you. And and we are here to walk with you. To be able to do that is it's a challenging call. And Again, so many of you that are listening to me just feel like, where do we begin? How do, how do we even start? We don't have people like that maybe as part of our, our day-to-day lives, or maybe you're empty nesters, and, and this is something that's not part of your experience. Well, something that might drive closer to home would even just be the scourge of internet pornography. It's just the terrible scourge of internet pornography, or uh, various uh, drugs, fentanyl, or other forms of, of addictive drugs that are just coming across the borders and and leading people into just devastating life situations and, and leading young people today to overdose or into suicidal uh, dark places. Brothers and sisters, we who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit through baptism, we who experience the power of God within us, we have access to a source of light and life, a path to freedom and hope. So many people who are dwelling in darkness and are longing for a light, but they don't know where to get. We are called to step in and be that light. This Advent is our chance to say, Lord, come to me 
with the bright light of your holiness. Lord, come to me, captivate me, Lord. Overwhelm me with the brightness of your glory so that I would have some of the fervor of St. Lucy to, to long to pursue you with a new fervor, a new sense of totality, a new sense of urgency. Lord, I'm tired of living a half-measured life, a halfway life. Lord, I want a heroic life. I want to be like St. Lucy. We'll explore more how to do that in a minute on Sound Insight, so please stay tuned. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Dr. Tom Curran, and I am reflecting with you on the gift of Advent. Advent is about the coming of Christ into our lives. And Advent is about waiting with expectation. The expectation that he's coming. And when he comes, brothers and sisters, when we ask, seek, and knock in Advent, and we get ourselves ready, like get our homes ready for the coming of the one, the special guest who's going to arrive, when he comes, everything can change. Changing in ways that you may not realize. Let me try that again. You have no idea what's coming. When he comes into our lives as Lord, when he comes to set us free, in ways that we have no idea that we're bound up, we will be different people. We can become like St. Lucy, but what's it going to take? Let's take a look at the second reading from Sunday. It's from 2 Peter chapter 3. And it begins with, you know, the, the a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years like a day. The Lord doesn't delay. He's patient with us. So let me just pick up on that. The Lord does not delay his promise as some regard delay, but he's patient with us. Thanks be to God. He's patient with me and with you. Thank God he's patient with us. Thank you, Lord, that you're patient with us, that not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I love that. Did you ever notice that? Did you ever hear that? Folks that are so quick to identify this idea that the great majority of people are going to end up in hell. I'm not sure you, have you reflected that deeply on what God wills for all people, which is salvation, which is repentance. God does not wish that anyone whom he has created, that none of those whom he has created would perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants all to turn around in our lives, to repent, to turn away from sin and to turn back to him. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And, and that's that idea of being watchful, being ready, being on the alert, having a sense of expectant faith, confidence that he's coming. Right? Do we have that? In, in this Advent season, when we're asking, seeking, and knocking, it's called Advent because, again, he's coming towards us. He's coming to us. And then when the day of the Lord comes, like a thief, the heavens will pass away with a mighty roar, and the elements will be dissolved by fire, and the earth and everything done on it will be found out. Whoa! Jesus is big. God is big. The brightness of God is immense. Remember the Revelation 1 encounter with John, the apostle, 
when he turns to hear the voice, he hears the voice, he turns when he's drawn up into the heavens and he sees the Lord. With, and he tries to describe the brightness of his glory and it is so immense, it is so intense, it is so profound that he falls down as though dead. You cannot see God and live. So like literally the life is drained out of him and it's only the Lord touching him that raises him up. And it's that Lord, that revelation one Jesus that you receive in Holy Communion. That revelation one Jesus who is available to be visited in the Blessed Sacrament. Why would we miss out ever on a chance to go spend time in the presence of that bright, shining, glorious Son of God? Being in His presence, His holy presence. And to be able to receive Him in Holy Communion, we become transformed into Him. This is... These are truths that we hear them, we become so familiar with them, that they don't shake us up. They don't wake us up. We're just too comfortable with them. But what does St. Peter say? He says, since everything is to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be? Conducting yourselves in holiness and devotion, waiting for, and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved in flames and the elements melted by fire. But according to his promise, we await new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you await these things, be eager to be found without spot or blemish before him at peace. Stunning. That's the stunning call that's ours. To be people who are pursuing the Lord in holiness. And what happens when we're in his presence, when we're pursuing his presence, which we can do. We can pursue his presence. If you can't make it to the church, open the Bible. Take in his word. If you can't make it to Mass, Stop by the church. There are churches that are open. There are adoration chapels that are available. And but when you can make it, make an intentional effort to say, when can I get to mass today? And get mass. If you can get to mass, you listen to us. Well, guess what? Right on Sacred Heart Radio. Right after this program, you'll be able to listen to the broadcast of the of the mass. Or you can watch a mass online. And there's probably not that many hours in a day when you wouldn't be able to find a live streamed mass. If again, if you had that sense of what can I do to pursue the Lord more fully? And if we take it from St. Lucy's mother, one of the ways that the Lord becomes pursued by us is in times of difficulty. It's in times of trial. It's in times of calamity. I don't pray for those things for any of you. But when those things do come to our lives, and they just might become becoming in a broader way as these years continue, that being a Catholic Christian disciple of Jesus Christ who chooses to live and embrace the fullness of our Catholic faith, that you just might find yourself persecuted. You might find yourself being pressed upon to compromise, to settle for less, 
Are we going to do that? Are we going to settle for less? Or are we going to be intentional, like St. Lucy was? She was, they, they attempted to drag her away and violate her, and she refused, and by God's grace was able to, to remain, um, to remain uh, a, a, a virgin and, and died a martyr because of God's grace. Are we willing to, to be all in like that? And, and the answer is, apart from God's grace, apart from a visitation of the Lord, we'll settle for mediocre lives. We'll settle for lives that our principal aim is being comfortable. I know that sounds a bit harsh, but what are we willing to do in order to pursue the Lord more fully? What are we willing to undergo if that Undergoing that meant growing in holiness. I want you to think about that. If I'm willing to undergo this, I will grow in holiness. What is it that I might be asked to undergo? It could be a sickness. It could be an injury. It could be uh, some difficulty that, that is very humbling to us in our workplace. It might be, you know what? But it, it might also be a call, a call to extend oneself bit more generously, right? It's not just that the Lord grabs our attention in suffering, grabs our attention through trials. No, it might be the willingness to embrace a path that involves self-sacrifice, dying to self, taking up a cross, being humbled or humbling oneself. Hey, it's not that complicated. Fasting. Give up something that you enjoy. Fasting, of course, I say I start with food, but it can also mean fasting from technology, right? You can start extending yourself out here. What about fasting from my favorite enjoyable pastime, whether it's streaming some video or whatever, and instead replacing that with prayer, replacing that with quiet time with God? And so it might not only be Foregoing the enjoyable, comforting thing, but then embracing and replacing it with something that is more challenging. So I won't take the hot shower, I'll take the cold shower. I won't eat pleasant food, I'll eat the plain food. I won't eat this much food, I'll eat less than that. I won't, uh, I will skip a meal, or I'll only take what is sufficient, and I'm not going to expand what really is sufficient. I'm going to humble myself by asking for forgiveness to someone that maybe I just really don't want to do that to. I'm going to stretch and extend myself to speak kindly or generously or with affirmation to somebody else in my life. I might seek to reconcile with the person that I'm angry with, and maybe rightly so. Wow, you know, you could just start lining up all of the things that we could do to grow in faith, right? To extend ourselves in faith. There's so many things that we can do. And so that's the spirit of Advent. And, and really and truly, isn't that the spirit that we need if we're going to, in fact, be the saints that God wants us to be? This is not easy. So. It, 
it takes some planning. It takes some thoughtfulness, right? So tomorrow, uh, say a prayer. My kids are flying home. Four of my kids flying home together from their first, uh, three of them, their first semester at Franciscan University. They're finishing their finals today uh, or tomorrow. And then they uh, go right to the airport, get on a plane, come back this way. And Carrie, God bless her, my wife, is spending a lot of time thinking about, all right, what are we going to do while they're here? How are we going to make the best use of the time that we have with them? And best use of the time doesn't just mean let's fill up the time with fun events. That That's not Carrie's approach. She's all about how do we help our kids? Number one, it's so interesting. Uh, she We talk about make memories, right? And make memories is, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, we, Carrie and I were talking about it and it was, we were saying, gosh, you know, can we afford to go skiing and, and do an Airbnb for a couple of days? Can we afford that right now? Right. You know, the economy's hard and can we afford that? And I said, well, you know, I said, I'm kind of stealing from Peter to pay Paul, meaning, you know, we can give them we can we can invest that money in making these memories with our kids and take them skiing for two days and stay at this Airbnb. Um, and we're not talking luxury situation here. We're just talking about spending more money than we would to give them this memory, make a memory of the family being together. And before our kids end up, you know, getting married and finishing school and moving away and, and not, uh, putting high on the radar, the idea of uh, flying home. And so uh, I, I love that Carrie has that in mind, but she's also added to it, hey, you know what? We are doing our kids a disservice if we're not also asking from them the effort to find some work while you're at home. What are you going to do in the month that you're home to make some money so that you can, if you want to go do things, you, you're going to use the money that you make. And the money that you make that you have left over is money that you can take back to school with you to do other stuff so that it's not just, you're not in high school anymore. You're not in high school. Even in high school, you should be having a job, right? And, and when you're 16 or even 15, but uh, the idea is, we will do you a disservice if we just make it easy for you. If we just give stuff to you. No, we we do you a disservice. We should have a higher standard. We should expect more. We need to uphold that. Even if it's not pleasant. Even if it's not fun. Because we love you, we're going to do that. Because we love you, we're going to put some boundaries up about where you get to go, how you get to spend your time, what you're going to be doing with your time in a way that says, we're expecting you to, to go find work or we're going to put you to work. And, and we're going to have you do that precisely so that you can, in fact, uh, have a sense of, oh, I've got to take responsibility for my life. I've got to be prepared to uh, you know, pay off college loans and uh, prepare myself for the vocation that is mine, if they're called to be married, uh, to be able to to do that. And I think 
Wow, Merry Christmas. Well, let's let's translate that. God is our loving Father. God is our loving Father, and He He loves us too much to allow us to just look to Him as someone who's going to pour out all the goodies that will allow us to remain uh, just pleasantly satisfied, but not vigorously pursuing holiness. He loves us too much to allow us to continue to live like that. And so this pursuit of the difficult good, the hard easy, this pursuit of the things that are hard right now that will make life easier because they're going to grow us in character, in virtue, in, in, in deeds that are marking human excellence and even the, the qualities of being a child of God. So let's continue on this by looking at John of the Cross when we get back. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. So, hey, it is, it's really cool. Hey, I, I just finished reflecting a bit on St. Lucie. St. Lucie as a wonderful example to us of how to live. How to live, if we're, if we have that desire to be the light, to, to let the Lord shine his light through us into this world. Going to take a, a degree of fervor, a degree of passionate pursuit of the Lord, a desire to be all in and not just settle for less. And settling for less today, meaning settling for comfort and ease. And I talked about attempting to foster that in my kids with Carrie as we're planning on what are we going to do while they're home for just under a month from school, to be able to have them um, live in a way that is uh, honorable and, and responsible and helping them grow as adults. It's, uh, it's, it's, I'm excited to, to have them come home. I, I'm, it hasn't really dawned on me. I'm so busy with things that, that to think, wait a minute, I've got four kids going to go walking in the door here and, and tomorrow. And oh, that's actually pretty exciting. I'm getting pretty excited thinking about that. That's really cool to to see what that's like to be able just to see them again after being away for some months. Wow, that's I'm excited. Um, wow, beautiful. All right, I, but let's let's stay closer to home here. So another place where I am striving to help young people to embrace a difficult good is on the basketball team that I'm coaching. I'm coaching the, the girls' varsity basketball team at the Chesterton Academy of Notre Dame in Spokane. A really neat school. Hey, you high school, you know, if you got high school kids out there, or parents of high schoolers, and uh, as the coach, I am fostering in these young ladies uh, the idea of the hard easy. You get to do the difficult thing. You know, see if you can prove every day. 
um, the way you practice is going to unveil areas that you need to work on. And you know, we've just we played our fifth game last night, and amazing to say that we are three and two. It's our first time with a winning record. Uh, we lost our first game. We came back and won our second game. We lost our third game. We came back and won our fourth game. And so now that we won our first game, we are the positive. So that's really cool that we're uh, three and two. And I, it was a very interesting game that we played last night because we were playing a game that was against a team that was really challenging. They had really, they've really struggled so far this season. And my goal wasn't to like, oh, here's our chance. Let's destroy this team. But rather, oh, this is a chance for us to work on areas where we need to grow and to develop and to give players who have less chance to be on the floor playing in the game, to give them chances to be out on the court and give them a chance to uh, have an impact just to get some experience and uh, and still at the same time being strategic to um, improve in a way and, and play in a way that we're going to win the game. And it all worked out. It worked out. Maybe not perfectly, but it, it worked out in a way that the team we were playing, they uh, poured their hearts out, played as hard as they could, but they just, are, again, just really struggling as a team right now. And and yet at the same time we did not just destroy them in a way that would leave them so despondent and discouraged and and feeling like you know they just don't why do they even bother showing up and so anyways it was a it was a great opportunity to say look we have a long way to go but look how far we've come we have a long way to go but look how far we've come so I, I don't want to discourage you if you're hearing the program today to say. So you're putting out here a pretty strong standard to follow. And it can be discouraging to think, well, I'm just, I feel like I'm, I'm just like a slug. I just settle for, I settle for so little. Well, where do I even begin? Well, I don't want that to happen. I, I, it's like, I don't want the players that are, that are newer to feel so discouraged that it's like, why do I even bother? No, I want to encourage them to continue to take steps forward. So today we're going to, Get that encouragement to take steps forward from tomorrow's saint. Today's the Feast of St. Lucy. Tomorrow's the Feast of St. John of the Cross. I love St. John of the Cross. And he gives such amazing wisdom in his writings. And, uh, you know, he has these famous, like his most famous works are probably Dark Knight and the, um, the Ascent of Mount Carmel. Uh, there's another one called The Living Flame of Love, right? So there, there are several of these books, and they're all they're built around like a poem that he wrote, and then he gives a commentary on it, and they're all really about growth in the spiritual life. But he also has these maxims and sayings, these you know pithy, profound statements that are packed with insight that are meant to convey a truth that it, it's it's like it it it's like a piece of filet mignon, right? It's just a, a it's a more than a tidbit. It's more than an appetizer. It's something that will feed your heart, your mind, your soul to help you in your growth and holiness. So let's get some 
inspiration. Let's get some encouragement from St. John of the Cross to pursue the path that is ours. So here's a quote. Remember always that you came here for no other reason than to be a saint. Thus, let nothing reign in your soul which does not lead you to sanctity. Remember always that you came here for no other reason than to be a saint. Thus, let nothing reign in your soul which does not lead you to sanctity. Now, what do you mean? Like, what is that? What is that? What's he talking about? Remember always that you came here. Well, who's he talking to? Well, he's talking to his brother friars, his brothers in the Discalce Carmelites, the order that he, along with St. Teresa of Avila, brought about this renewal, this reform to a more rigorous way of life. And so he's refer he's talking to the, his brother, uh, brother friars, right? His brothers in the community saying, look, remember, why did you give up everything in the world and pursue God by coming here and living this life, this rigorous, vigorous, difficult life? You came here for no other reason than to be a saint. Now, let's take that in our own lives. Why are you listening to this program? Hopefully, it's to get encouragement, it's to get support, and even a bit of accountability in your call to be a saint and to fulfill that God-given mission, which is yours. And so if that's true, let nothing reign in your soul. Reign in your soul. It's not just nothing be present in your soul. No, something that's reigning in your soul is what? There's a degree of, uh, I'm surrendered to it. It, is, it has a degree of dominance or prominence in my life that if I stop and thought about, wow, what are those things in my life that don't bring me to sanctity, that don't lead me to holiness? that distract me from my pursuit of God and of being near to God and of being in a living union with the Lord. What What is it, that thing? Right? So for me, it's like, I've been spending a lot of time on basketball these past few weeks because I'm the coach. And so whether it's driving to practice, being at practice, and driving back from practice, whether it's uh, getting ready for the games after the game, it's just, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. And then apart from all that, am I, watching tape of the a video of the upcoming team that we're playing and help that inform the practice that I'm going to be doing. And then I'm thinking about it. It's just like, wow, seems to have a prominence in my life. Is it leading me to holiness? Does it honor God? Right? So there's, there's the idea that you have a duty that's connected to your state in life and you're supposed to attend to those things. And you can attend to those things and have God's presence in the background of your mind, right? You can do so in the presence of the Lord, pursue the things that are, are your duty. But then there's going beyond the measure. There's going beyond what is really required. And, and, and that's when you're going too far. That's when I'm going too far. And so being able to say, all right, Lord, give me an insight into when I need to let go, when I need to surrender, and I need to be able to say, all right, Lord, I, I, I just yield the first place to you. St. John of the Cross. All right. Uh, He also says this. He says, remember always that everything that happens to you, whether prosperous or adverse, comes from God, so that you neither become puffed up in prosperity nor discouraged in adversity. Remember always that everything that happens to you, whether prosperous or adverse, comes from God, so that you neither become puffed up in prosperity nor discouraged in adversity. And so 
I want you to think about that. I just want you to think about this idea that says, do you prefer prosperity or adversity? And you're like, are you kidding me? It's not even a question. Give me prosperity any day of the week. And yet that's not what the saints call us to. The saints talk about indifferentia. That it's not that I don't care. It's that I don't prefer. Growth and holiness is connected to the idea that I'm not preferring something. Well, I'm up against a break. I prefer to keep talking, but I must take a break. But I'll be back and I'll continue on and we'll continue to benefit and be blessed by some quotes from St. John of the Cross. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom. It's a joy to be with you. If you enjoy this program, I do encourage you to go to Apple Podcasts. Or actually, you just go to MyCatholicFaith.org. MyCatholicFaith.org. On MyCatholicFaith.org, you have the opportunity to sign up for the podcast. You can also listen to the podcast version of this program. After the program is heard on the radio, it becomes a podcast so that you can access it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So that means when you see me and you say to me, Tom, I used to listen to you when you were on at 8 in the morning, but now I'm driving and I'm not able to do that anymore. I say to you, really now? Well, guess what? I've got a gift for you. You can listen any day, any time of day or night when you have the ability because the program is available to you on MythicFaith.org or on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to the program free of charge. But not only that, uh, you can, if you subscribe to the program, then when new or even if you just listen to it, when new episodes come out, it's going to pop it back up. It'll, it'll show up for you so that you'll uh, make sure that you don't miss a program. So I love that you listen on the radio, but if you're not available or you want to share it because you're blessed by it, then leverage the gift of the podcast version of the program. And again, that's found at myfaith.org. On that page, you'll have the opportunity to get free downloads, downloads of talks and series that I've done to help you grow in your life of faith. Okay, St. John of the Cross. So St. John of the Cross, he had this beautiful quote was reflecting on, which was, remember that everything that happens to you, whether prosperous or adverse, comes from God, so that you neither become puffed up in prosperity nor discouraged in adversity. Well, why? Why wouldn't I become happier about being prosperous rather than discouraged about times that are difficult, where there's adversities? Well, if everything comes from God, guess what God, who is good? Oh, he's not just good. He's not just like decent. He's not just amazingly good. He's perfectly, infinitely all good. His goodness itself. That means that anything that comes from God, and that's anything, everything that happens to you, that means that God is not only to be found in it, but that God is going to do something good, is intending to do something good, is going to bring about something good in your life through the things that are happening to you. And so if you are in the time of prosperity, then the good God is saying, I've got Good things I'm bringing about in your life through your prosperity. But if you're in a time of adversity, a time even of, of brokenness and, and desperation, and that's what's being served up in your life, and you're saying, where are you, God? Remember, everything that happens to you, whether prosperous or adverse, comes from God. So that you're not puffed up in adversity or, or prosperity. Now you're discouraged in adversity. It's like, Lord, you're here. You're in the middle of this. And I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how this is at all going to be for my good. But I'm turning to you. I'm trusting you. 
I'm surrendering to you. I'm giving myself over to you. Holy God, I am looking to you to be my savior this day. Hey, wait a minute. Did you just hear all those things that I just said? God, I'm looking to you. God, I'm asking you to save me. God, I'm asking you to bless me. God, I'm asking you to rescue me. God, I'm asking you to come and I trust in you. God, it is so hard and difficult and humbling to be in this circumstance. Wait a minute. Aren't those things associated with growing in the spiritual life? Aren't those things precisely things that keep us close to God and make us reliant upon God and make us more trusting in God, even in the midst of the darkness? How easy is it to trust in God when everything's going well, when everything is happy and pleasant and comfortable and nice and soft, when the, when the, the hardness of life is not experienced? Are we really turning to the Lord with vigor and saying, save me, O God, hear my plea, I'm desperate for you, holy God, please come and save me. I trust these things to you? Are, are those the kind of statements that are on our lips in the midst of prosperity? And the answer is typically no. I'm not saying it's impossible, but typically it's not. It's really the times of adversity that are much more useful and beneficial to spiritual growth than simply enjoying the good things of this world that form of prosperity. Wow. I am not saying to pray for the adversities of life to come raining down upon you. I am not saying that. I am saying that if you're in the midst of a time of real adversity, that you turn to the Lord and you surrender to him. You abandon yourself into his hands. You cry out to him. And you know you'll discover a purifying power that God uses in the midst of trials. He uses these difficulties, these purifying difficulties, to bring us close to him. Now, isn't that a gift? Isn't it? I think it's an amazing gift. All right, here we go. Let's keep going. Mm. Uh, let's see here. So, the well, I'll listen to this. <laughs> the purest suffering produces the purest understanding. The purest suffering produces the purest understanding. That that's even a that's a lot simpler than what I just spent the last five minutes talking to you about about adversity. Yeah, I'll just stop there. About this one, whoever knows how to die in all, will have life in all. Whoever knows how to die in all things will have life in all things. And that that actually also means prosperity. If I know how to die to myself when God is pouring good things into my life, good things, let's just say at a at a human natural level, things are going really well. Prosperity. If I can die to myself in the midst of the times of prosperity, then I'll also be able to find the true, authentic uh, life of God in all things. So it's not only going to be carrying heavy crosses that are going to reveal how God wants to uh, grow his life within me, 
but everything. Everything. And and this concept is it runs through St. John of the Cross in his writings, the Dark Night of the Soul and the uh and the Ascent of Mount Carmel, when he's talking about these earlier stages, the purgative and the illuminative stages of the spiritual life. So much of it is about learning how to die to natural goods so that supernatural goods can emerge. Because we can become attached to the natural created goods. When we're attached to natural created goods, like, and, and he, Donald Cross, you know, he goes into all of these different examples uh, of the way in which the five senses need to be purged, purified. They, in order to bring about detachment from the things that are pleasant to look at, pleasant to listen to, pleasant to smell, pleasant to taste, pleasant to touch, and not just pleasant, but things that we end up desiring, we end up pursuing, we end up embracing, we end up uh, not wanting to let go of. And when we do that, these things that were created goods, the goods, when we attach ourselves to them, when we uh, embrace them, instead of God, then all of a sudden they become rotten. They lead to brokenness and darkness. They hold back spiritual growth. Ouch. So St. John of the Cross is going to say, look, hey, God's given you prosperity. Praise God. But learn how to die in the midst of it. Die to self. Die to self. Die to self. Last quote. More is gained in one hour from God's good things than in a whole lifetime from our own. More is gained in one hour from God's good things than in a whole lifetime from our own. And boy, that is really about ending where I began. I began by reflecting on the concept of baptism as elevating us into a whole new status as God's children members of the church cleansed from original sin and personal sin, but elevated into this new status where the Holy Spirit dwells in us, and we come to praise the Father in the Son. We're no longer mere creatures. When we desire that, when we desire to spend time in God's good things, spiritual riches, spiritual delights, delights of, of things that come from God, rather than a whole lifetime of merely human goods, one hour God, better than a whole lifetime with the best that this world has to offer. Even, yes, this world created by God. Thank you, St. John of the Cross. That's really challenging stuff. All right, join me tomorrow on the actual feast of St. John of the Cross for more sound insight. God bless your day. <laughs>